Well, it is Youth Ministry Sunday. Uh, it, it was great to see our, our youth ministry team leading us in worship today, and we're going to continue in that as they share the word with us. And so I'm going to have Sugi come up and get us started. Uh, Sugi is our youth director here at Kauai Bible Church, and again, I have a vested interest in the youth ministry because two of my kids are in it, and uh, I couldn't be prouder of the job that Sugi does pouring his life into these young people. Good morning, everybody. I'm kind of excited because uh, I really want to hear what Rachel's going to share today. <laughs> but just like um, Pastor sharing that, you know, I'm the youth director here at Quiet Bible Church. And, you know, it's only been like, what, three years now? Just about where I've been taking over. Um, like five years ago, the the Chudesters came and they they actually like turned everything inside out at, here at church, right? And they when they when um, they took over the church, they changed a lot of stuff, even with the youth ministry. And we, uh, we for a long time we we were known as Quiet Bible Church Youth Group. You know, there was nothing uh, extraordinary or anything. It was KBC Youth. And when Pastor Aaron came, um, we decided he decided that we we're going to change our name. So it'll be more identifying, right? So we're called Inversion Youth. It's based on Acts 17.6. It says, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the ruler of the seas, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. So that's, that's our, our youth uh, verse. And then that's our challenge for, um, for at least for me as their mentor, is to le- teach them how to turn their worlds upside down for Jesus. You know, for the past, what, 20 years now, I've been working with the youth ministry, first as a Sunday school teacher, and now as the youth director, you know, encouraging young people, middle school and up, to live out their lives uh, with, in the gospel, in their lives. In our youth group meetings, we... Um, we would hang out, we would fellowshize, and have fun and play games, you know, and we would sing songs together, worship, and worship God, and then someone would preach the word or share testimony. We would essentially take our Sunday service and, and format it for youth, you know. When I became the youth director, um, I decided to focus a little bit more on building people, and, you know... We, I decided to focus on training their youth to live their own unique lives in a world where, where unique means to be like everyone else, right? And so the world nowadays is no longer like how I used to grow up, you know. Youth are constantly bombarded by, you know, media, any kind of influence, whether it be their friends, now social media, the, I mean... When I was a teenager, internet was just starting to come around. We didn't have YouTube till after I graduated high school, so that's how old I am, you know. And so it's like we—I've never had those 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 temptations from, you know, YouTube. I mean, even streaming services. We had cable, and in our house we had what was it, 13 channels. I forget how many channels it was. And then um, when, when my parents decided to get cable, then we had, like, what, 50 channels? And now, you, nowadays, you can, like, pull anything from the website, anything you want to watch, you know, good or bad, ooh, you know. You know, as, you know, as their mentor, 
it's um, my goal to teach the young people to be rooted in the word of God and to, pra- and to have the practices of Jesus in their life. You know, prayer, the word, you know, um, fasting, you know, um, sharing the gospel. You know, the same things my mentors taught me, you know, in, in guiding me in reading and studying the scriptures. Um, and then my other, my other goal is to draw out their calling, you know. And not as in a sense where their calling is their, their career, but their calling as in their ministry, you know. Um, for me, I grew up in a Catholic church, and we, our, our teachers wouldn't focus on, you know, teaching, you know, what is to have a career. Everything was just pretty basic, you know, teaching um, very, you know, all the basic studies, history, uh, math. And then when we come to the word, we just study the people in it and the practices in it, but not really in like to be part of our lives just for head knowledge. And then when I started coming here, Quiet Bible Church, the, the, my mentors here, they started teaching me how to live out that life, that lifestyle of, you know, being rooted in the word, to have the Holy Spirit guide me, you know. And I wanted to share that to them, to, to the youth, and start to learn how to become, um, what is, I forgot what I said now, learning to become independently dependent on God. How to, how to stand in their own faith, you know, as they live their own lives. I mean, um, being in youth, youth ministry keeps me on my toes a lot. I mean, you know, I have to change how I think because the way, the way the world runs nowadays is on, is on uh, mostly social media now, right? And I have to learn new vocabulary. I mean, like two weeks ago, I didn't even know what eat mean. You know, it's like, I'm like, what is that? You know, so I got to, I got to stay in the trendy lingo and yeah, so, you know, and then I have to stay in tune to what's popular, but despite all those, those, um, those challenges, I find myself that I, all I need is God and all I need is his Holy Spirit. You know, Thursday nights when we gather, um, it's the most exciting part of my week. You know, I look, you know, I, like, I love Sundays. I love worshiping with you guys. But something about working with the youth ministry just excites me. And it's, it's like, it's a passion that I didn't know I had. Even though, like, I like teaching. I, I, as you know, that I was working to become a music teacher. But now um, I'm a youth director. And... You know, I just never thought that that investing in their lives would be my passion. I thought music was my passion. But music is is just one, but actually working with investing in people is actually a, now my greater passion. You know, you know, God is like a puzzle. You know, you start with you start to put the puzzle pieces together, then you start to get the bigger picture. And with God, that's awe-inspiring. And what for me, it's like I gotta share it. You know, when I read a book, when I see something in the Bible, it's like I gotta share it. And the best, the best people to share it with is the youth because they're like sponges. You know, they like to learn. And um, of course, 
It's weird. They like to learn, but they don't like to go to school. <laughs> right? So, yeah. But in, in any sort, and in anything else, is that um, I am proud of the youth and where they've gone. You know, I try to make it a place where it's safe, that, you know, they can make mistakes. You know, mistakes kind of forge where we're going to go, right? And it helps with course correction, right? It tells you where, mistakes kind of tell you where you need to go. And, I mean, if you're going the perfect straight path, you know, you're not going to come up with mistakes. But Jesus said that trials and tribulations will come, right? So there will be times where it's going to either test your faith or you're going to make mistakes. So, and God tests test our lives in that way so that we can become, you know, more and more like him. You know, um, youth ministry um, is, is something that I, I would suggest you guys come and try, you know. You know it's, it's, it may be scary because it's, you're talking to a bunch of high school students or middle school students, right? But, you know, when you see growth, it just makes me, makes me like, like wow, <laughs> you know. And you know, this past these past two years has been the most exciting of the twenty years that I've worked with the youth. Only because I've seen, you know, come to youth, and you know, our youth group is our is our is my rooted group, right? I share I share the word. They read their 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 Bibles during the week. Should be reading their Bibles during the week. You know, and we, we use the rooted plan, and then I would do a weekly um, Kahoot. It's a like an online quiz. We form the questions online, and they they test themselves and see who if we can get at least 50% of community as a group, but like to test that, see what they know. And what's even more exciting is that when we get to share, and the revelation that they get, I'm like wow, it's like. Sometimes I'm like, you got that? I'm like, why didn't God show me that one? Dang. But in any way, it's, it's, that's the most exciting part is that when they, when they dig into the word and they get their own, you know, their own meat, right? They get their own sustenance from the word. And that's, that's the most exciting part, you know. And, you know, seeing, developing their, their talents like Rachel you know, she's um, learning to play uh, leading songs this song this morning. That was awesome. You know, I'm proud of Eli. He's picking up the bass. You know, even like Milo. I remember like Milo, um, you know, struggling to get him to serve. But now he serves like, you know, it's like, it's like second nature now. So sometimes I got to tell him. But, you know, eventually, of course, with marine training, you know. <laughs> He's going to be an excellent servant. But in, in, in any case, is that um, youth ministry is, is, is rewarding. And, you know, if you have time, you know, stop by Thursday night. We, we play games. We have fun. We sing songs. All in, but all in all, we, we get into the word. We get, we get into business, you know. Um, eventually, I want to go into, like, Starting and like going doing outreaches with the youth, but I need more youth. So, you know, there's either ways to get them in or make them right into the church. So, anyway, so, um, 
That's youth ministry in a, in a nutshell. And I want to bring up Rachel now. And she's going to share what she's learned from uh, one of our books that we're reading. Um, it's called Live No Lies by uh, John Mark Comer. Hi, <laughs> I'm Rachel Chedester. And from the book we read, um, I'm just going to talk about probably the biggest thing that stood out to me, which is about freedom and kind of compare what we feel freedom is um, in our society today and kind of what we're taught to what the freedom we have in God. So I'm going to start by reading a passage about the Israelites from Numbers 13 and 14. And it's right when Moses was sending out scouts to explore the land of Canaan or the promised land. And he sent out 12 men to explore. And this was kind of their report. In verse 28, it says, But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, Anak, whatever it is. And then going to verse 30, it says, But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. And then starting in chapter 4, it says, then the whole community began weeping out loud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to the country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us just to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's just choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. So even though the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, they would rather go back there than trust what God had for their lives in the promised land, even though there were giants there. And just reading this in the Bible, it seems strange that they would ever doubt God, especially after all the miracles they had seen him do, including like the parting of the Red Sea. But I think as people, we do this all the time. And instead of facing the giants we have in our lives with God and living in his freedom, we want to just go back to our Egypts or our escapes. And it may feel like we have this freedom, but in reality, we're just slaves to the world. So, um, so what is freedom? When we think of freedom, we think of like America, the land of the free. And yet at the same time, America is full of racism, addiction, divorce, and so much more. And our founding fathers built this country on the idea of freedom and liberty, but at the same time, America was also building on the slave trade. So in the book we read by John Mark Homer, he said, we often scratch our heads at such realities and think, how could this happen in the land of the free? So our definition of freedom has changed throughout the years, and now in our modern day society, we pretty much believe freedom is the ability to do whatever you want. And someone once said, the bright alert of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for power, for identity. You were made to be ruled, and in the end, you will always kneel. And this is said by Loki from Marvel Avengers. And while he was the major villain in this movie, his words have a lot of truth to them. And we believe that we are in control and have this freedom to do whatever, but in the end, we're just slaves to things in our own lives, whether it be like addiction. For me, it's even my phone. I spend a lot of time on Instagram or even on Pinterest playing games and so much more that it becomes 
like the center of my life where God should be and I'm just a slave to it. Um, for other people, it could be like their work and pleasures, desires, and so much more. And this isn't how God wanted us to live our lives. So in 1 Peter 2.16, Peter writes, For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Um, so like Loki said in his quote, we're always looking for our identity, and in the end we'll always kneel to something, but that should be God. And saying that we're slaves of God sounds a little weird, but it just means that we live our lives for him. Um, and in the book... Uh, he shared a quote by Timothy Keller, and it said, we see the freedom, is, the freedom is not what the culture tells us. Real freedom comes from a strategic loss of some freedoms in order to gain others. It is not the absence of constraints, but it is choosing the right constraints and the right freedoms to lose. So God's freedom is not restricting, like we're allowed to have fun and, and work and live our lives, but I think John says it good in his book, too. He said, freedom in the New Testament is the power to want and do what is good. So even though the world's version of freedom tells us that we can do whatever we want, God's freedom is choosing to lose some freedoms to gain better ones. So choosing to lose, like, our sin and lose the freedoms that we think we want, like small moments of pleasure here on earth, but that'll gain us an eternity of freedom and happiness. So how I can relate this to my life is that I'm getting my license soon, which feels like kind of more freedom in my life. I can go wherever I want, technically, but I'm still a kid, so I still live under my parents, and even though I have this ability to go wherever I want, I always have to ask them first and follow their rules, which is kind of like our freedom with God, is we're able to go out into the world and do good for his kingdom as long as it aligns with him. So we're slaves of God, but we get to live in his freedom. So, yeah, so when we have these giants in our lives, like our individual struggles, um, fears, or when we're sad, it's much easier to just turn around and go back to Egypt or to our escapes um, and just be slaves of the world to get through life. And I experience this sometimes, like, when I'm really stressed or anxious, instead of going to God first, I would, you know, rather just distract myself um, using, like, my phone or whatever in life. It just seems like the easier option. But in reality, God wants us, God wants to help us defeat our giants so we can live with him in eternity and in his promised land. So, yeah, that's it. That's awesome. We have that on recording now that she's going to ask us and follow our rules. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and she's going to experience freedom because of it. That was amazing, Rachel. Thank you so much for opening up the word. You know, in that passage that you read with the scouts, they, they said when they saw the giants, they said, we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And, and so there was, there was an insecurity within them. There was something within them that being the people of God wasn't enough. And, and that's an insecurity that we can all live with, and especially the younger generation, because part of adolescence, part of growing up as a child into adolescence is identity formation. It's discovering who you are. And so there's this great insecurity that just being the people of God isn't enough. 
we're like grasshoppers in the sight of the world. We're, we're nobodies in the world's sights, and therefore we feel this intense pressure to blend in with the world and to find our identity in the world. And those scouts had to learn a hard lesson, a 40-year-long hard lesson, that being God's people is enough. And we don't have to find our identity anywhere else. We don't have to fit in anywhere else. We don't have to do what the world is doing. Being God's people is enough. That's the identity that we are called to. That is where we're going to find our freedom. That's where we're going to find God's strength in our life. Amen. And so talking about our children, what I want to do is this, is actually, um, Robin, if you could go get Patrick and the kids out of the harbor, and Roy, if you could go get Sarah and the kids out of the reef, is that depending on what school they go to, starting tomorrow, all the kids are going back to school. And, and they might go tomorrow, their first day might be Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, but all the kids are going back to school. And so what I want to do is I want to pray over our keiki and just instill in them that who they are in God is enough and that the schools they go to is their greatest mission field, but it could also be their greatest source of pressure. And we want them to thrive. We want them to, uh, to shine like the stars in heaven. And, and we want them to uh, be mighty warriors, even going to preschool. Hallelujah. We want them to be uh, mighty warriors. And so uh, let's go ahead and have the youth worship team uh, come on up and get ready to worship. Um, was that? Oh, yeah, and teachers. So... Teachers are also going to be going back to school starting tomorrow, or they've already been working in their classrooms this past week. So let's also have our teachers come up. Um, just go ahead and set the digital campus to the wide shot from the back of the room, and then come on up. One of our teachers is doing the digital campus. Um, and uh, let's pray over our, our students and our teachers as, as they go back to school this week. Oh, yeah, you come up here first. Thank you, Jesus. You guys just come line up right here, and we're going to pray for you guys. Are you guys excited to go back to school? <laughs> Sugi was right. Sugi was right. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Church, you can just stretch your hands out towards these little ones. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We pray for our keiki today, Lord. Thank you for the great calling that you have put upon these little ones, Lord. I even think of when Jesus himself was dedicated, uh, that the prophetess prophesied, this one is destined. And we want to declare the same thing over these little ones, that these ones are destined. They're destined to do great things for the kingdom. Uh, they are destined uh, to glorify the name of Jesus. They are destined to share the gospel, to share the love, to work miracles, to do the mighty works of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that these little ones have uh, the great privilege and honor of growing up in the kingdom 
of growing up knowing God and knowing his goodness, Lord. And I just pray that as they go forth into their schools this week, uh, Lord, that they would be full of life and joy, that they would be a reflection of Jesus to their friends and to their teachers, Lord, in the way that they love their friends and accept their friends and in the way they uh, obey and honor their teachers and uh, in the way that they step up as leaders and that when they have opportunities to comfort and to minister and to share the name of Jesus, that they would not be ashamed of the gospel, uh, but they would share those things. We thank you for Liz, Lord, as, as, as she teaches third graders out on the west side. God, thank you for the great calling upon her life uh, to shape those young lives, Lord. And, and though uh, she is not allowed to speak the name of Jesus uh, in the form of sharing the gospel, she is allowed to let her light shine and to love those kids with the unconditional love of God uh, in the place that you have placed her, Lord. Uh, we thank you for these kids, Lord. I pray that they would not feel the pressure to do what everybody else is doing, but I pray, Lord, that they would want to do, God, what you want them to do. Oh, and that they would feel free to just live their lives and to love and to be full of joy and to play on the playground and to do all those things because your goodness is upon their lives, Lord. We thank you for all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Woo! Amen.